0: You're listening to the Music Interval Theory Podcast with TC and Frank. Hello and welcome! This is Frank and I'm happy that you've tuned in again for another episode of the Music Interval Theory Podcast. Today I want to present to you the audio version of a video that is available inside the Composer's Toolkit and if you are curious to find out what that toolkit is and how you can get free access then please go to musicintervaltheory.academy/toolkit in particular i want to talk about the top 3 traps i see most composers fall into and don't know how to get out so i will transition to the audio from the video and I hope that you will learn a ton of things. So let's not waste any time. Here it is. We talked to a lot of composers and we figured that there is a pattern in hearing what they struggle with the most and in no particular order. Actually, I want to present to you three of the top traps that I hear over and over again. And also we want to talk about how to solve these problems. Let me quickly, without any further ado, tell you what these problems are. The first one is the music sounds blocky and stiff. This is one thing that I'm hearing over and over again. And the funny part is it's actually true (laughs) because the diatonic system, it does not teach you great part writing, it does not focus very much on the horizontal force which is line writing. It focuses way more on the vertical stability and how to create a good harmony and a melody on top. But this usually results in very blocky and stiff writing. So we will look at an example and I will talk you through this example how you can apply the smart concepts of line writing to your own compositions. The next thing is, the music sounds generic and mediocre. Well, this also does not surprise me because everybody uses the same rules, the same chord changes and the same scales. And in the first example already, I will give you a few tips and tricks how you can sound different without changing anything in your writing style i want to show you and talk you through a piece that i wrote which i called the escape and this one is based on ic's on interval combinations and it does not follow any scale. It does not follow any chord progression. And this is a very inspiring and refreshing starting point for new ideas. So we will get to this as well. The third problem right here, and this might surprise you actually, composers don't have much control over the vertical architecture. And this refers to using all the different ranges that are available. This also refers to the orchestration so that they usually don't know what to do around their chord progression and melody. I have compiled this OTS, which stands for overtone Series cheat sheet. And we will look at this as well. I want to mention quickly that the PDF that I'm going through in this video is a downloadable PDF. You can grab it inside the toolkit and this is completely free. I want you actually to download this and to look at all the great stuff at your own pace so that you don't miss anything important. But I still want to bring you back to the first problem, which was the music sounds blocky and stiff. This is usually a lack of line writing. And for that reason, let me show you a little piece that I wrote. And this piece is called Beyond the Horizon. It's just one line, nothing else. The first thing that I want to mention before I play you this line and actually also how it will sound in context with some other lines. Let me point out that I'm just using the church modes in this example. So I hope you are familiar with the church modes and you're seeing this uh, root tone here that I base my church mode on and I'm using the combination of different scales. We refer to this technique as scale changes just to provide some variation horizontally. Okay, and I believe, yes, I also wrote it down right here. So these changes, they are just supposed to create variety so that it does not become boring. Let me show you what I mean, because I want to play you this thing right here. And first I want to play you not just the line as you are seeing it, but the whole context of four individual parts that all move individually, but weave together to a vertical construct as well. So here we go with beyond the horizon. So you might ask how the heck did he do that? (laughs) I will tell you exactly. So the point is there is no real chord progression in here. I'm just following scale tones really and you're seeing these guys marked in red and they are labeled with CA. That stands for chromatic alteration. Those two spots they actually leave the scale. All the other tones are scale tones. Start with one line first. That's the whole plan. Make this line singable. Make it interesting. Have a bit of repetition in there. This first line almost shows up in the same way in the third line. This is a very simple thing. So before we jump into the second part, let me just play you on the piano the first part. So that's not a very complicated line and you might actually have the question, well, Frank, how exactly did you change those scales? What's your base of thinking behind those scale changes? We have the matrix of modes inside the Academy, which is essentially the way how we coordinate the scales and how you can use the scales for emotional storytelling. Now, when it gets to the second part, there are just two guidelines. And those two guidelines are please don't double any note on the same pitch and please don't create any 13s. A 13 refers to 13 chromatic steps between your two voices. This absolutely connects to counterpoint. However, if you just follow those two guidelines and don't pay attention to anything else, your result will at least sound okay. I'm not telling you that it will sound brilliant. Maybe it will, we will see. But it definitely creates a result that is musically acceptable. Let's put it this way. And then you can still tweak things and let those two voices have a nice discussion and exchange of energy, because that is what happens right here when you look at those bars for example the second line has way more energy compared to the first one then they are sometimes flip where we have the g down there and some more movement on top and this just creates a nice separation between the two voices that's all so let me play you the two-part version of beyond the horizon This already sounds very fluent to me and it's all based on these two guidelines. No doubling between the two parts and no thirteens. That's all. Now let me get you the next step and this is where the magic comes in and I guarantee nobody does this. Nobody who is trained at least in the conventional music theory will do the next step. And let me actually show you what that is. Now you're seeing these second scale labels right here and they are shown in green what is going on right here well i'm creating scale pairs so i'm writing on two different scales in two different registers at the same time why am i doing this (laughs) the only reason for that is it sounds interesting it really sounds interesting and this gives vertical variation for the ear Right. And you will see that I haven't touched my first line. This is my second line right here and they follow this scale shown in blue. Then we have a third line, even a fourth line, and they follow the scales shown in green. And again, the two guidelines that we talked about, they still apply. No doubling, no 13. That's all. Here we go. The four part version of Beyond the Horizon. So I hope that this example actually surprises you, because there is no chord progression in there, there is not just one tonal center or even a musical key that I follow, there are a lot of them in there, but the concept is always very simple and that is just follow the scale tones. So I hope that this already gives you a ton of inspiration how you can solve the first problem, which was, well, the music sounds very blocky and stiff. Please try these things, I'm serious. Then for the next problem, which was the music sounds generic and mediocre. Yes, because everybody uses the same chord progressions and scales. Let's not use any of that, (laughs) at least for this example. And the idea is to find the proper balance. But this is, I would say, a rather extreme example because there are no scales at all, there is no chord progression at all, there is really no overall tonal center that I'm using. I'm just using four ICs and I wrote them down right here at the beginning. These are my four structures. Just a quick explanation because you are seeing a ton of these numbers like a 2 plus 1, 3 plus 1, 8 plus 3. These are chromatic distances from the lowest note to the highest one. So whenever you are seeing an eight plus three, then this goes from the lowest note up to the next higher note that is eight. And then from this guy, that's a three up. So an eight plus three is this structure. Then we can also translate the vertical structures into lines that happens down here in the lower register. This is how I constructed the whole piece. Let me play you first the orchestrated version of this sketch and then I will play you the sketch and you will realize actually the sketch already contains all the information. It's everything in there. And I know that this looks rather wild, but don't let this confuse you because we're not writing in a key and your perspective will change to the intervals rather than the overall key or a scale that you defined at the beginning. Again, wild writing, I know. Let me actually then go to the sketch real quick and let me play you the piano sketch as you can see it right now, because you will be surprised how close the piano sketch is to the orchestral version and how beneficial it is to have a sketch in the first place and also to build this sketch on the intervals, at least a healthy portion of the intervals. So here it is the sketch of the escape. Can almost take the sketch and the orchestrated version provided they both follow the same tempo of course and have a superposition of both of them and they will match almost a hundred percent not completely though because there's always a little bit of artistic freedom when you go to the orchestration but this is just an example of how you can use interval combinations to create great sounding music That's the whole purpose. You don't have to go to a chord progression and a melody on top all the time. Although it is a valid starting point, of course. But this is a possible solution to, well, the music sounds generic and mediocre. Now let me get to the last one. Well, most composers, they don't really have enough control over the vertical architecture. Now, that's the moment where we bring up the overtone series. And that chart right here contains a ton of information. And I want to quickly talk you through this, because I believe this is very, very valuable. This will instantly help you get you better and more transparent orchestrations and even to better compositions. Now, what is happening? This is the overtone series. We have four octaves. Actually, the overtones, they continue in the next higher octaves. However, the volume gets quieter and quieter with every tone. For that reason, I want to limit this chart to the first four octaves. That is the practical range for a composition. Down there in the first octave, that is what we call the bass range. In that range, it is usually the bass tone that you will hear. Every note down there creates a set of overtones that follows this series right here. So this can be already a very, very insightful hint as to why sometimes it seems that there is a clash in tones in the upper register, although all the notes seem to be okay in the score. Then the second octave brings in scale tone 5 right here next to the doubling of the root. I should mention that every octave actually repeats itself in the next higher octaves. So these two tones that we find in the first octave also show up in all the other ones. Then scale tone 5 that first comes in in the second octave also shows up in every other octave. Then the third octave now brings in... Chord tones from the first octave structures. And these are namely scale tones 1, 3, 5, and 7. In this case, minus 7 actually. And all of these tones, they repeat in the next higher octaves. That is why it gets more and more complex the higher you go. <laughs> and then in the fourth octave, we actually have the second octave chord tones, which are scale tones 9, 11, plus, and 13 but those tones actually also now make up a full scale. So the fourth octave also introduces scale tones. And in this case, that's the Lydian dominant scale right there. This is not a defined pitch anymore. So we kind of have scale tone minus seven and the natural seven in there. I would go with the minus seven if you are in doubt, just because this already showed up an octave lower. Starting from this C right here, up to that high C. That is what we call the harmonic range. And in there that's the perfect spot for chords, for melodies. If you exceed this harmonic range and go even higher, you will enter the effects range. And this has a different purpose, especially in the orchestration. You can do different things up there. And that is also what we talk about a lot inside the Academy. Next to all of these great ranges and scale tones and scales and octaves, I want to quickly bring your attention to the strength of the intervals, because the overtone series also shows you the strength of those intervals. And this is good to know. Why is that? There are intervals that are more on the neutral side, which is obviously the octave and scale tone 5, and there are intervals that bring in a lot of character and those are usually the smaller ones so these are the ones and the twos and they have a strong character to them which means they will flavor and color the other parts and that's the moment where it really starts to get interesting because when we combine those intervals in different ranges and in different instrument sections Now this gives you full control over all the colors and emotions so that you can turn into a fantastic storyteller. That is why we focus on the intervals and this just shows you how the intervals show up in the sequence of the overtone series. So we have the octave, perfect fifth, perfect fourth, major third, minor third, minor third. Then we have our major second, a few times actually, this is the minor second, so that you know what these numbers here relate to. And this is very, very insightful and valuable. Please save this chart somewhere so that you can look at it, because it will not only give you inspiration, but it just shows you in what register you can bring in these different functions and how to combine those intervals. So that all being said, I want to quickly mention that we have the orchestration concepts course available inside the Academy, which is a great resource to create very transparent and very flowing orchestrations. I just want to use a concept and use the concept in whatever place and whatever scenario. And this was just tricky to find out, at least for me, when I looked at those very thick conventional orchestration books. This is just a great collection of shortcuts and all the important concepts that we believe every composer should know to get to more transparent orchestrations. So that being said, This is the end of my top three traps that most composers run into. And I hope that we could solve those traps actually, or at least I could give you some hints on how you can solve them. So if you want to check out the Composer's Toolkit, please go to musicintovtheory.academy/toolkit. And you will find a ton of resources in there, not just the three traps, actually the PDF and the audio files to that episode, but also things like the business booster or the gathering techniques that I use personally. So please grab this toolkit. It provides a ton of value and I want you to have access. Now that's all for the moment. And I can't wait to welcome you back in one of the future episodes. Have a fantastic day. This was Frank. Bye. This podcast is powered by the Music Interval Theory Academy. Your resource for getting clarity and confidence in music composition and orchestration. See you inside at musicintervaltheory.academy.